Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. You know that I am Jamie D'Amico, and the man sitting across from me is Big Chris Newton. Newt, what are you feeling? I'm sitting across from you virtually. You're in, D- you're in D.C. and I'm in Richmond, so yeah, I'm at the table. <laughs> Technology is something, isn't it? Is it is something else, man. So I'm just recuperating, man. You know, two weeks ago we was on uh, we was on here talking to the great fans, uh, Bills Mafia, and I was on my way to Phoenix for a basketball tournament. And I tell you, man, I'm still lagging, man, a week later, man, I tell you. Really? Yeah. It's man. only three hours, too, huh? And But the thing about it is, man, I went hard. I yeah. went hard in the paint for three days out there, right? So we're hanging out at the games. We're hanging out in the lobby. We're having our adult beverages. And then next thing you know, I'm stumbling into uh, In-N-Out Burger every night, right? <laughs> and I didn't go to bed every night till 1 o'clock in the morning. But that's 4 o'clock uh, East Coast time. Oh, yeah. Right? But I, it didn't affect me. I didn't know what was going on. But Lord's willing, man, when I got back, it affected me. Jeez Louise. Well, they always say that going east is far more difficult than going west. Yeah. And yeah, you you know, if you can stay up a little past your bedtime, you're fine if you go west. It's the waking up early that just beats you down, man. Mm-hmm. In and out burger every night, dude. I, I, I think I did. We talk about this. I thought we talked about this. I was like, I'm eating Jack in the Box, and I know I'm sounding like such a fatty right now, but I'm just telling you the truth because I love y'all. Y'all my family. I literally ate Jack in the Box and In-N-Out Burger every day I was out there. Your arteries hate you. I know. I need to detox for sure. Holy I Jesus. love it, man. And it stays open late. And like I said, man, I um well, should I say that? Well, I don't care. I um got a gallon of Jack Daniels, right? Because I hate <laughs> like in a hotel lobby, you know all the you know, when you go on trips, um, for you know, tournaments and stuff, and this is when you and your lovely wife decide to have children, you're gonna remember this when they're playing travel ball. We're it's like our pseudo, it's like our pseudo vacation. Right. Yes. So you got to enjoy your time while you're there too. So all the parents we congregate in the lobby, we're talking all. So I just got a gallon of Jack Daniels, right? <laughs> because it was thirty five dollars for the gallon, right? And so I'm like, I'm not going to be paying the bar ten dollars, twelve dollars, fifteen dollars per drink, right. you know. So I just had my gallon in my backpack, and you know, we were pouring drinks, and we wind up knocking the bottle at the, you know by Sunday before we left, oh, you know, being economical. Louise. Well, you, uh, you, you were obviously the popular parent. <laughs> yeah, man, get a cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna tell you, man. Um, but talking about the trip, it was great. Besides the fact we went on five, we did not win a game out there. Oh, I think our girls didn't. They didn't. We're better than on five. I just think traveling and the time change really wore on our legs. 
And so, um, but besides that, man, I was scared about the heat, man. I'm telling you, it was like 100 to 105 every day. Yeah, and we talked about the the dry heat, but I made the analogy of, yeah, a hairdryer is dry heat too, but it sucks to stand in front of one. Right, but I'm going to tell you what, man. I have my little sweat towel, you know, because anything above 70 degrees, big new sweat, right? Yeah. But I have my sweat towel, but I'm going to tell you, I wasn't sweating that much. It wasn't that bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be miserable and like hell, but I just, I told my wife, I feel like 105 out there feels like, 90 here really yeah it wasn't that bad i thought it was the only time it was brutal obviously is when you get into a hot car but yeah well, you yeah know, you know in the summertime when your car's hot that's the only really time i sweat but walking to the car going out in the venue going to the hotel i thought it was going to be like even um at nighttime when it's still like 90 85 degrees i'm like i ain't sitting outside but it felt great out there so I was pleasantly surprised. Man, here in DC, I've walked a couple blocks with you, and I'm like, man, you're gonna you're gonna flood the neighborhood with all that sweat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Hey, I'm telling you, man. That's why I asked you, hey, man, how far are we going? Because if it's over a block or two, I'm gonna be sweating profusely. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't that bad, man. I tell you, the only thing that kind of sucked is, man, because in Phoenix they don't have time change, right? Right. They don't do the daylight savings, daylight savings. versus right. So right. it's always an hour off from one of the time zones that it's close to. Yes. And where Phoenix is, bro, the sun was rising at 530 in the morning. That's too early. I was like, what the heck is going on here? And I'm talking about 530 by 540, 545. I'm talking about the sun's out. It ain't like the, 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 you know, like, you know, when the sun first rises, that beautiful, like red, like red, and sure. then it turns, yeah, then it, you know, no, I'm talking about it's up. cock a doo oh, man. Yeah. It's, so it starts heating up early there. Yeah. Yeah. So what time does the sun set, though? The sun was setting about 745, something like that. Oh, it's still a fairly Eight. long day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I went to Edmonton for a work trip once, and the sun was up. It, not up, up, but it was still daylight at like 10.40 p.m. Because it was uh, during the summer, and it's so far north. I had no idea Edmonton was that far north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. yeah I've never, no, never been there before. Yeah, don't bother. <laughs> it's, it, it, there's just nothing to do there. You can go see a hockey game. That's about it. And they have a terrible homeless problem. You think homeless people would uh, gravitate toward the South? Yeah. Anyway. Not being out in the cold, yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. So we have a good show for you today. And I feel like I say that every week, but it's a topic that all of us are very interested in. Because now that DeAndre Hopkins has been let go, we have some thoughts on it. And by let go, I mean released by the Cardinals. And we we need to talk about that. Gotta also, talk about it. the Bills made an excellent depth signing, and there are some things going on with OTAs that are worth chatting about, and we are going to get to all of it. But when you saw the news, Big Newt, of DeAndre Hopkins becoming available, what was your first thought? Hell yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. No, listen. The first thing I thought about was you, and then I text you in our little group chat with uh, Jared and Seth, right? And I'm yeah. like, what do y'all feel about that? Because I know how adamant you were uh, the last couple of months. Like, hey, I don't want to give up too much to get D-Hop. So I'm like, okay, now that he's released, which I'm I'm so surprised about. But 
now that he's released and we don't have to get anything about it, now it's just a money thing. How mm-hmm. do you feel about it? So the first thing I thought about was you and then texting you and getting y'all thoughts. But I was like, hell yeah. So now we don't have that barrier of what we were going to have to give up for. And first things first, I think that the Cardinals did right by D-Hop. They're going through a rebuild right now. He's like, I'm getting up there in age. I don't want to go through a rebuild. They said, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll let you go. You you go do something. I wish they would have done that for Larry Fitzgerald. Right, right. <laughs> they didn't. But it, it's it's a class move by the organization. And my first thought was, cool, he's available. But like thought 1B was, oh, God. He's going to end up going to an AFC team that has way more cap space than the Bills have. Right. And that scared the bejesus out of me. I, what if you were to end up on Miami or the Jets or or the Chargers? Oh, my God. Yeah, he said his teams that he was interested in, we talked about this. He said he wanted to play uh, with Josh Allen. He said him first. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Of course. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. See, the thing about it is Buffalo and Kansas City, we don't have any money. Right. Yes. Some people say we got one point seven. Some people say we got two million. Some people say we got three million. Well, none of that. It doesn't matter because none of that is going to be enough to get D hop. Right. And Kansas City is in the same situation. Even worse. Right. So but then the people who do have money is Lamar Jackson and and, uh, I say Lamar in Baltimore. And like you said, the Chargers with a great young quarterback. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, what if he was a co to the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. That's why, and I think they do have money. So, I don't know. I feel good that he talks about us first. So, that makes me feel good. Maybe we get to write a first refusal. But if he goes, I mean, if he was to go to Baltimore, I think that would really help their wide receiver core. And that would really uh, show Lamar Jackson, hey, they're, they're willing to get you weapons going all out. That could be scary. We, of course, don't want him to go to Kansas City. No. All no, right. that would be terrible. If he go to Chargers, meh. And then, obviously, the Eagles, man. Like, that will be dead. But I don't think the Eagles will want to stunt the growth of their wide receiver core because they got a great wide receiver core already. They do. You know? They so do. So, you don't want to stunt Devontae Smith, uh, his 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 development. Right. So and you've not- got A.J. Brown there. Right. At their somewhat similar players in that they, they have good size to them. Exactly. So now what I'm thinking is going back to your original question, does he want to get paid or does he want to win? Right. What's the most, what is your experience with players? Most of the people are going to go to the money. Yes, they are. You know, Uh, remember JJ Watt, how badly he wanted to go to a winner. And then he took the money with the Cardinals. And you remember how bad, uh, Odell Beckham wanted to how how badly he wanted to go to a winner and then he just got paid a fortune. But of course the Ravens are competitive too. Right. But they probably overpaid for him. And that's the thing. Uh the money that Odell Beckham directly affects this situation. Right. You know, so now it's like, can we find what is Odell getting this year? Like 16, 17 mil? Mm-hmm. Can we find that? I mean, how many people do we got to restructure? You know? Well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Ah, Be- because 
it it looks like, and this was a breakdown done by Greg Tomset of Cover One. And if you guys don't follow Greg Tomset, please do. He, he's a great follow on Twitter. He's a very nice guy. He does excellent film breakdowns. He's very insightful. I can't say enough positive about the guy. Uh, okay, now that I'm done jocking Greg Tomset, uh, he broke down the fact that you could clear about 11 million in cap space if you did a if if you if you restructured Deion Dawkins and Trey White. Now, if you did that, he also broke down a way of getting at least for the first year of the contract uh, him being about a 4 million dollar hit out of the gate here. But that's going to include the way he broke down the contract Two void years at the end of the deal. Oh, God. Void years at the end of the deal? We've already done a couple of those. I hate that because void years means it's just dead cap space. Right. How much dead cap space do you want four years from now? It's four years from now, I would say that Von Miller is not going to be on the team. I would say that also. Yeah. But Von Miller, he's getting old. His body is going to start breaking down. We've already seen his production dip. They're not going to keep him around. So what, you you go into a season with $40 million in, in dead cap space? Now you're looking at a teardown. Does anybody really want a teardown? Right. And now you're looking at where it will be as far as Josh Allen and his career. So that means right. we get three, four good years of Josh Allen, and then what will it be at that point? Mm-hmm. We won't be able to get anything, you know what I'm saying, around him to fix right. things or, you know, it'll be a bad situation. So it's, it's very hard straddling the line of winning now and not mortgaging your future. And this is where we're at an impasse with it. That's why I'm eager to see how Brandon B uh, attacks it. Because I think he will help us. I think that uh, he'll take pressure off Diggs. He's better than Gabriel Davis at this point. Oh, yeah. It's not even close. It's not close, right? So now you bring in D-Hop, as long as he – the only – the other thing you mentioned it too, what does worry me about giving him money is his injury history. Yes, because in the past two years, he's played a total of 19 games. Now, one part of that was because of a suspension, right? Right, which was, what, six, eight, six games? I think it was six games. Six games. Right, but last year he played nine. So before that, though, he had never played in fewer than 15 games. So before, before last year, he was very durable. Mm-hmm. Also, he's got a body type to stay on the field. He's 6'1", 212. Mm-hmm. So you always do worry more about a guy who's going into his 10th year in the league when it comes to injuries because your your body just is just going to start breaking down, right? Right. You don't get healthier as you get older. No. When, once you cross the threshold into the, your 30s, it, it starts going downhill for mm-hmm. sure. And, and that's how old he is. Uh, so, do I want him on the team? Yeah. Yeah, I really want him. But? I don't know how much of the future I'm willing to mortgage. But here's the thing. 
is this the X factor? Is this the thing that puts the team over the top and gives them Super Bowl this year? Because I can't help but think with an offensive line that is probably going to play a little bit better than it has in the past, you got guys out there that can't be double covered. Like how many people can you double cover? Uh, on any given play. We've seen that Stefan Diggs is on like every single play and he still makes receptions, but teams are able to take him out of the game by doubling him, even tripling him at times. You put D hop out there. Now it's pick your poison. You can right. double one of them, not both. Right. And these guys are premier players. I mean, what what happens when you add a player of that ilk to the Buffalo Bills offense? Does it make them totally unstoppable? I mean, the Bills were number two in offense last year. Yeah. And they only had one reliable receiver. Yep. So imagine we get another one where we will be. Now you'll have two great receivers. Right. I I hate... The thought of a teardown in the future, but I love the concept of getting a player like this on the field. But now that you bring that up, though, I feel like you and I are on board with this. I don't want to tear down four years from now, but if you give me, and maybe because I'm living in a present now, because I'm turning 50 this summer. I don't have Ooh. too many more falls left in me, buddy, right? No. <laughs> give me you, a You Super probably Bowl only now. have another 40, 45. Oh, yeah, with my cholesterol. But... <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, in and out burger every night, man, you're not helping me. I'm living, I don't know how many I got, buddy, but listen, I think is give me a Super Bowl now. You give me a Super Bowl in 2023, then it's I don't care. And I know you're saying that now, I guess I don't know. I mean, I, my none of my teams has really won. I mean, the Cardinals win, but I'm not a great baseball fan. So my my teams hasn't won really since the 80s. Mm. All right, so you give me a Super Bowl now, and you know it's kind of like God. It's kind of like when you're drinking and you drunk. God, please just let me get through this, and I promise you, I won't drink again. And then next <laughs> next week, I'm in the drink in my hand. So I I would just imagine <laughs> if I get a Super Bowl now, I could live with a turnout. That's all. Because if we win a Super Bowl now, I'm getting everything. I'm getting the Super Bowl. I'm getting the Sports Illustrated uh, DVD. I don't even have a DVD player in the house. But I'm going to get the Sports <laughs> Illustrated DVD, the commemorative book. I'm getting it all. I'm going to have about 50 T-shirts saying 2023 Super Bowl champs. I will so be able to live off that the rest of my life. I there's a template for this. It's the Rams. Yeah. They, they, they want it. And then last season, they won it two years ago. Last season, they were terrible. They had four wins, and now they're they're pulling it apart. Right. Almost lost their coach because of it. Yeah. They couldn't handle the losing. Do you want to be the Rams? I would be the Rams. I got no problem with it. But I'll tell you what, once a losing season comes around, the fan base is going to start calling for everyone's heads. They're already doing it. Yeah. They're already calling for McDermott and Bean. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It just seems like they can't get over the hump. Okay. Great. So who do you hire as a head coach? Who's going to get them a step farther? Right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Fans Some are people, so reactive. Yeah. 
it was a poll on the Howard and uh, and Jeremy show. It was a poll saying if Brandon Bean doesn't get D Hop the deal done, then he should be fired. So that's what I'm saying. You you can't go off of what fans say. No, like, you can't. Like front office people say that it's a joke. If you listen to fans, you're gonna be with the fans. Yes, <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. Because you're gonna who's more emotional? Fans. fans, of course. Yeah, we don't think rationally. I mean, I feel no. like you and I are more rational than most people, but yeah, we don't think rational because we. And of the two of us, I'm going to take credit as being the more rational of the two. Way more. <laughs> I'm, I'm better as my age as I got wiser. You've got gotten a older. lot better, I've gotten man. Better. I've gotten better. But I you've, told you, we've you've got better. a lot better. Do you think doing the podcast has helped with the rationality? That's some of it, but I'm going to tell you, and I tell people all the time, I have children that play sports now. So now I act, I'm not I'm irrational with them now. Oh. <laughs> I'm irrational with my children. So they take the brunt of that what I used to give Buffalo. So uh, do you take like the last person on the bench on Jalen's football team and be like, put him on the field. We gotta find out what we got, man. Gotta we find gotta out. find out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I sure do. Gotta find out what we got in him, man. And, and who and who am I referencing when I talk about you saying that? Oh, the quarterback. Was it Brom? Yeah, Brian Brom. Brian Brom, man. <laughs> he I was like, we're losing. So we were bad. losing, bro. I'm like, man, put Brian Brom. Might as well. Give me something different. I want to see something <laughs> different. Jeez. That's and how I felt. That's how I felt last Sunday in Phoenix, man. We were on four going to a Sunday morning game at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm like, man, just play everybody, dude. Don't don't even worry about a depth chart or who starts. Play everybody. Let everybody get some of this butt whooping, man. Well, I I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I agree with that. If you're 0 and four, I mean, change it up. Yeah. We've been watching this for three days. Give me something new to look at. And as a coach, and I guess it's kind of like the little coach in me too. When you watch film, I don't want I don't want Jamie D'Amico in the back of the uh, the film room saying, "Well, he talking to y'all. He ain't talking to me. That was y'all out there." Nope, Jamie, here's you in the fourth <laughs> quarter in the scrub time. Look at you. No, I'm gonna I'm spreading this butt whooping around to everybody. Yeah. Can I can I tell you a story about me in one of those situations in of high school? Course, please do. All right. So I played CYO basketball, and I was a bench warmer for CYO. Like, that's how bad I was. But, you know, I liked being out there running around a little bit. Anyway, we So this played... is basically rec. Let's so far, listeners yeah. who don't know what it is, this is like rec ball. It's it's rec ball, right. Yeah. I, I could not make the school basketball team. No, gotcha. that wasn't happening. And we were playing uh, a team. Now, CYO is like Catholic churches that you play against. Except this one team was like a housing project called the Baden Street Settlement. <laughs> and in, in down, they were out of downtown Rochester. And these kids played above the rim. It, it was just, it was ridiculous. The athleticism of these kids. And these were the ones who weren't good enough to play on their uh, high school basketball high school team. team. It, it, it was insane. On a sidebar, I want to say that they were actually the classiest kids that we played against in that never once did they ever say a negative word toward the referee or the other team. Like the smack talk was just non-existent about them. The coach did a great job uh, mm -hmm. of like 
like that's how you do it. They they were professional. But anyway, we're losing to them by like 35 points or something ridiculous like that. And I'm sitting on the end of the bench and my coach is like, Hey, Jamie, you want to get in there and run around a little bit? I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's like, no? I'm like, no, not a chance, dude. I do not belong on the court with these kids. I don't belong on the court with our starters. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do to me? <laughs> That's good. And wh- how old were you at this at this point? I was a, a junior, senior in high school. Okay. Well, that was good for you to know, you know, self-actualization. You knew, you know, you weren't unrealistic. Yeah, at one point uh, in a different tournament, they did put me in the game against them. I was in there for like two minutes, and then the coach took me out, and I'm like, good substitution. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, uh, I didn't realize how funny he found it, but like his his son, who's five years younger than me, he's like, I heard you told him good substitution when he took you out. (laughs) Like, yep. Oh, man. One thing about us gingers, we are not athletic. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to hear too much of that going on, man. Everybody, no matter how bad they are these days, they want to play. But you was a little older, I guess. So I guess you knew the writing on the wall by that time. Oh, yeah, I was like 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. But when you're it dealing was, with younger kids, man, parents, it don't matter how bad they are. They want their kid. And, if, and I guess I'm talking more of football, too. Where sure. football, if you put a kid in there that can't play, he could get somebody else hurt, you know. So Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's just it. Like basketball, it's not as, it's not as much of a contact sport. And, right. you know, by, by that point in the game, the team was just practicing their alley-oops and stuff. Right. And I was smart enough, and actually, I, I, I say that like I was on the court, but I would say the team was smart enough to get out of their way when they were doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be you don't want to be on any posters, man. Or you know, now you know you got TikTok and everything. And that's another thing too. We didn't grow up in the social media age. So now, right. man, anything that happens. <laughs> One of Simone's teammates, man, she got crossed up this high school season so bad, and it just went viral. And I felt oh, no. so bad for this little girl, man. And it's like she got crossed over, and she fell, and her ankle kind of turned, and somebody made like a whole video of it, and they no. showed everybody's face. But God bless her, man. She took it well. She was like, I don't care. You know, she took it well, but it was bad, bro. Like they stopped it, paused it, like her ankle was all turned. Then you saw a head coach, he was like, ooh, and then you see all the fans like, ooh. And I was like, they did a great job editing this video, but I felt bad for her. Well, you know, it's <laughs> because it's a thing that happens. Like your ankle will fold if your weight is just not distributed correctly. Mm-hmm. And and it's not it's not even that you got burned so bad. It's right. that sometimes your ankle like I have very weak ankles. I mm-hmm. sprained my ankle for the first time when I was nine years old. And like any stupid kid, I didn't stay off of it. And it just got worse and worse and worse. You know, spraining it all the time. Right. I, you, you have an ankle like that. And these these kids are bas- basketball players. They're on the court constantly. There's nothing you can do. You jump up for a rebound. You come down on somebody's foot. You hurt yourself. So do these kids go to like physical therapy after that? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, because they're the cream of the crop. <laughs> like Nike paid for your trip out west, right? Mm. Yep. Do they do they pay for your jack too? No, no, yeah, okay. no. 
those receipts don't get reimbursed. <laughs> but like I said, it was only thirty five. And I'm telling you, man, these prices these days, thirty five dollars is two drinks and a tip. Yeah, it's true. You know, so that's why I'm like, no, I'm gonna just get my old bottle. So, did, did they pay for the In and Out Burger? Uh, y- you can put food on there, but Ooh. it's it's a reimbursement program. So you it it all depends. You get an X amount of dollars that you decide you can spend. Oh. So uh, we do flights, hotels. We really don't worry about you know the food part. Well, we let that be a lesson to all the parents out there that have kids that they're not pushing in athletics. You push those kids. You you wake them up at three a.m. and make them go running in the morning, and you 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 crack that whip and you get them you you, you get them working hard. <laughs> well, hopefully it pays off with a scholarship. So get an education. So, all right. Anyway, yes. So, but yeah, going back to uh, <clears throat> D Hop. Do you think? How do you feel like that affects the rest of the wide receiver depth chart? Meaning, do you worry that it's just the growth of other people? No. No, I don't. Okay. I'm not convinced that Khalil Shakir has the future that other people do. Okay. Uh, he had 20 targets last year, 10 receptions. And people talk about how he had great moments. Did he really? Ten receptions? <laughs> but it felt like that, though. I ain't going to lie, bro. You're talking about me right now. Every time <laughs> he got a pass, I was like, ooh, look at him. Yeah, and I think that's his hope that we want him to be something. <laughs> but it felt big time, bro. You can't tell me it didn't feel big time. Well, it's not just you. It's everybody <laughs> is, is into Khalil Shakir like that. And I'm like, he hasn't shown any – he only caught half the passes thrown his way. Now, that may not be his his fault to- totally on him, but still, that was 10 receptions. Mm. How are you how are people extrapolating that this is going to be a good player off of 10 receptions? Anyway, we want hope. Outside of that, you've got Trent Sherfield. If he doesn't get as many receptions, I don't care. Gabe Davis, I don't care. Um, Hardy's going to get his touches because he's a gadget player. And then you've got Justin Shorter, Shorter. who they selected this year. I don't know. And by the way, there's a dark horse. His name is escaping me, but I think there's going to be a seventh receiver on the roster this year. It's an undrafted free agent that the Bills are going to keep around exclusively for uh, for his special team's prowess. It's going to take the place of uh, touchdown Jesus there. <laughs> but anyway, if that guy doesn't make the roster, I don't care. If Shorter ends up on the practice squad, I don't care. Gotcha. So uh, what- but then, you know, you talk about the depth chart, but what what is it going to do to the touches? Because you've got to get D-Hop and Diggs their touches. So... People ask the question, are there enough footballs to go around? Well, if you get both D-Hop and Diggs 8 to 10 touches a game, which is what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. That's 16 to 20 balls, each of them. That's half of your out of, of your output when it comes to uh, receptions in a game. Typically, you're not going to have more than 30 to 35 completions on a right. like really... 
heavy passing day, right? Mm-hmm. So then what do you have? You've got uh, Kincaid maybe getting four receptions and Davis getting two. Hardy getting two. James Cook getting three. Knox? Knox getting two. You know, does that matter? Do you run the risk of becoming one-dimensional? My thing, going back to Kincaid real quick, this is one of my points. Now I feel like, because I feel like a lot of us are expecting Dalton Kincaid to come in and be a big part of this offense. Yes. I don't know if he's going to be prepared to do that. So us getting D-Hop would mitigate that. So I think that's a positive thing. Right. And let's be honest, receiver is one of the most difficult positions to adjust to, and it's even worse for a tight end. Right. right. And why is that? I- explain that. You, you've you played tight end. It's, it's a hard adjustment. It's hard reading coverages. If you're in a complex offense, um, and then especially with somebody like him, because I did when I, and you're not going to believe this once again, picturing your mind, not the 400 pound man now, but a stealth <laughs> 260, you know, um, fullback tight end that sometimes played the slot. All right. So it's a hard adjustment learning the game. Um, once again, you're in an offense that's complicated, knowing different positions and aligning in different places, right? Where, that's why offensive linemen, you don't see too many busts. It's easy to go to the NFL. I mean, just hey, basically, if you could just block the person in front of you out physical them, then you're we could we could figure everything else out. Where when you play a skill position, it's very comp it's, it's just way more complicated intricacies of the details. Is there an argument to be made that when you're at tight end, you are learning two positions? You are yes. learning how to how to be an offensive lineman yep. and a receiver. Yes. It's a lot yeah. of responsibility. It is. And in practice, you spend – and once again, I'm not quite sure on the NFL level, but in college, you spend half your time with the lineman and you spend the other time half the time with the receivers. Which is going to stunt your growth on both sides, right? Uh, yeah, but hopefully you can pick it up. You know, hopefully you're, you know, you're smart enough to – you know. And that's one thing I can say. I, in college, I wasn't a great player, but I feel like I was a smart player. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was able to move around, you know, come my junior and senior year, I was able to move around and uh, and do different things. But, yeah, you got you got to be a good blocker and you got to be a good and willing blocker. And then hopefully you got some hands, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, if OTAs are to tell us anything, the video we got out of there had Kincaid basically coming out of a two point stance on everything that we saw. Okay. I don't know what that tells us. Hmm. Maybe it's just what we happen to see, or maybe that's how they're going to bring him in into the fold. Hmm. Well, was he? He was in a two point stance. The video you saw was he on the line of scrimmage, or was he off the line of scrimmage, like an H back? Well, they were they were drills, uh, and it looked like he was off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, yeah. he he was he was lined up basically a slot. Okay, he was in the slot. Okay, I got you. Well, yeah, you're not going to be in a three-point stance at the slot. I thought you'd be like, you know, off the tight end, but behind. Oh, yeah. Like an H-back type deal. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm going to see him, dude. So, 
Let, let's just uh, let's let's put a fine point on this. Do you do whatever it takes to get Hopkins? Like I said, with his injury history, I understand the naysayers saying no. But, hey, man, I'm a fan first, man. Get him. I, I need a Super Bowl. And I, I really feel like he directly affects wins, losses this year. They're if saying they good. Yes. So if we got to restructure a couple of guys and we're going to have dead cap, so be it. They're saying that Kansas City isn't as – is it as excited about him because they have Kadarius Tony and they believe that he's a future number one receiver? Mm-hmm. So they think that they've got it figured out. Buffalo has a number one receiver, Stefan Diggs, but they need something else. And I think that I, I think that Gabe Davis will be better this year. But we've also, I think, seen his ceiling. And his ceiling doesn't get you to the Super Bowl. I want I want D Hop. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I love it. The hot take at the 40 minute mark. And you, you know me, You're... I'm always conservative with this stuff. You were very conservative. That's why I'm very shocked. Yeah. You want him. I, I want the him. guy. Go get him. I hate the teardown. That, that would probably be coming as a result. I would hate the fact that Deion Dawkins will probably be on the roster well past his prime as a result of it, but you got to do what you got to do, man. Let's go get him, man. Let's go get him. Let's restructure, do what we got to do to get him. <laughs> and it gives us a nice new toy. You know, oh, yeah. even if we got to overpay, I mean, Von Miller, we knew that Von Miller would never earn the money we gave him. I mean, that's just a fact. But to get guys to come to Buffalo and, I mean, we're better now than what we were, you know. Right. Well, but you got to overpay. Sometimes. You do have to overpay. But, you know, it, I, I really do like what is happening with basically social media and media in general. Back in the day, you only got to see – your immediate home team like us living outside of western new york we would have no prayer to see buffalo bills highlights unless we caught it like on sunday night on espn that would have been it now it's just nfl coverage is ubiquitous you can be a fan of any team anywhere in the world and that bodes really well for the buffalo bills because they have such an exciting player in josh allen the other players are seeing it and they want to be a part of it Right, and it's it's, I love it. It's really and our great. fan base, and mm-hmm. our fan base. I mean, people talk about how great it is to play in Buffalo for Bills Mafia, so that has a lot to do with it too. Yep, absolutely. And there's a new stadium coming down the pike, so oh goodness, yes. yeah, that's that's wonderful. Let's shift to other stuff. Yes, the Buffalo Bills signed a free agent offensive lineman, and I think that this is a very good depth signing, Brandon Shell. Is it a done deal? I knew it was coming down the pike. Is it a done deal? I believe it is a done deal. I I think that they have agreed to terms. I can't imagine he's signing for anything more than probably the veteran minimum with some guaranteed money in there. This is a a good depth signing. He is a tackle. He played in Miami last year. He was terrible. He's one of the worst pass blockers 
in the NFL, but he's also a pretty good run blocker. Hey, there needs to be some competition at right tackle, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I don't want Quessenberry starting in case of an injury. Because even though Brandon Shell was not very good, he, he was a starter, Quessenberry was not up to that task. And I think that that lets you know where we are with Tommy Doyle also, the swing tackle type deal. So Good point. Um, what do you think? I guess, I mean, I don't really think much of it. If it was somebody who could come in and start or really push Spencer Brown for the starting spot, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's a good depth signing. Once again, Quisenberry, Tommy Doyle, it affects those guys, which is which is fine. I'm cool with it, but no, it wasn't anything like. Once again, I didn't text you about it, so you know, I'm like, oh, no. okay, yeah. right. depth signing, cool. It's a guy they've been talking to for a few months and finally pulled the trigger on it. Did I did I say Questenberry's first name? I'm worried that I said David. Dan Questenberry. It's no, you did, David. It's okay, David. it's David, but you you just said Questenberry. Yeah, I always want to say Dan Questenberry because of the 1980s submarine relief pitcher Dan Quisenberry. Mm. Yeah. Mm, okay. Cincinnati or Kansas City Royals. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I was a nerd who collected baseball cards. I did too. All I right. I thought it was going to make me rich. But, it did not. <laughs> but in the 70s, man, it wasn't nothing else to do. So. <laughs> you mean you mean you didn't truck around on your roller skates in the seventies? Oh yeah, I had roller skates, skateboard. You know, especially when Back to the Future came out. Man, I had my skateboard thing. I was, you know, like Back to the Future. So, <laughs> I'm happy about some news I found out this weekend. What's that? Josh Allen went on a date. You actually are happy about that? You, I'm you really very happy about shit? that. I do. I care about his love life, and I don't care what nobody says. Mm. So in case you haven't heard, uh, Josh Allen has been seen out with Haley Steinfeld. Uh, for Marvel fans, she's the, the young lady that played in Hawkeye. Um, and I'm happy about it because in my mind, I'm thinking Josh Allen, yeah, he's focused and he's all this. But if you're young and you're a handsome guy with a lot of money running around Buffalo, I just I just don't like – I want you to have a girlfriend. I want you to stay home, be with your girlfriend, eat a good meal, and study tape. I don't uh, want you okay. running around in bars and clubs trying to find a, a, a lady. Yeah. So. Okay. You know what? I, I like your perspective on that. Yeah. I was sort of like, oh, no, not a relationship. You got to be focused on football, but no, you're right. He's 26 years old. He's worth a quarter of a billion dollars. He's not an ugly guy. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't an ugly guy, you know. Right. So yeah, I want yeah, I want him to find a nice young lady to spend time with, not run around chasing four or five girls at a time. Uh, now that Brittany Williams is single, who from Bill's Mafia do we think has the best shot at uh, dating her? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. If you were single, my money would be on you. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to talk to a girl at this point. I've been with my wife so long, man. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez weeds. So, yeah. So, I'm I'm excited about that. So, did you uh, see the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7? 
six, well, game six and seven this weekend. I don't really watch NBA. You don't watch it. Okay. Well, it was great. Uh, the, uh, the Heat went up 3-0. The Celtics came back to it, made it a game seven last night, and the Heat won in Boston. So they're going to the finals to play the Denver Nuggets. Which is a first for the Nugs, isn't it? Yep. That's First cool. time in the finals, and then uh, the Heat are going to be there behind Jimmy Butler. So it's going to be a good matchup. Starts Thursday, so. And who saw the Heat making that kind of run? I know, right? As an eight seed, bro. Yeah. They're an eight seed. Knocked out all the best teams. So. Man, they almost had an epic collapse in the Eastern Conference, didn't they? Mm-hmm. That's man. what I'm saying, man. It was good stuff, man. It's been good basketball, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, buddy, um, I know that we had another topic we wanted to get to, but I feel like we're up against it. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I got to get going. Jalen has his awards banquet at school. I have to be in attendance. So, All right. Well, I will miss you. I hate that we have to get off, but I would like to invite everybody who has been listening to interact with us on Twitter. We love it. We will always, we'll always get back to you. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. He is at big underscore newt. Like, what else would you call this guy, right? um it's been great catching up with you i really enjoyed the d-hop conversation uh we come at you every other week so do set your calendar it's every other week in the off season every week during the regular season and right about now it's time for big newt to give us a song see y'all in two weeks hey 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 let's go buffalo